the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Every Sunday and every time we open the Bible, it's wonderful news that we are accepted, that we have hope whatsoever. Especially today in the Gospel of the fourth Sunday of the Great Lent, we hear the very famous story of the Samaritan woman. And historically, as we know, Samaria was the capital of the Kingdom of the North. The Kingdom of the North started after the death of King Solomon in the year 930. They never worshipped the Lord for a single day, from 930 till 722. Then they have been taken into captivity. Then they were lost. They called them the Ten Lost Tribes. And now, that during the time of Jesus, some of them started to gather few parts of the Torah and to follow God their own way. So if my whole life I was straying from the right path and I was trying to find my own ways by myself, it's time to meet the Lord, to show me the way. So if my past that I was wandering everywhere, I was sometimes coming to church at the church goer, some other times I was even not a church goer. It's encouraging us today to encounter a personal meeting with him. So he is coming today with his body and his blood and with his word to have a personal encounter with each and every one of us. So I will share with you a few thoughts about the Samaritan woman and to see why I'm still not encountering this personal uh, meeting with the Lord. First of all, no one is too sinful to be changed. From the beginning of the dialogue between the Lord and the Samaritan woman, she stated, we have three stumbling blocks. You cannot talk even to me. You cannot have this personal encounter. First, she said, you are a Jew. And it was well known that it is not lawful for a Jew to speak to a Samaritan and vice versa. Secondly, she told him, you are a man. It's not lawful for a man to talk to a woman in public, especially if he doesn't know her, and she is a Samaritan as well. And thirdly, she, he asked her for a drink, which again was not lawful for a Jew to drink from a Samaritan cup. It's unholy. So whatever my excuse this morning, that I never confessed my sins, or I can confess some of them, but the others I cannot confess them, because the Lord is not going to accept me. The church is not going to accept me. It's the Samaritan woman is telling us, put all your excuses. But be sure that in the end, the Lord is going to accept you. It's going to continue the encounter until you will be touched, until you will be changed and transformed through him. Second thing is, no one is so lost that the Lord cannot find him. Sometimes we have to accuse the church. No one is asking about me. I was not here for a year and no one called me. Yes, we confess our weaknesses. But are you willing to seek your own personal salvation or you are only finding some, trying to find an excuse that no one was following me? The Samaritan woman has this excuse in her mind. But the Lord was telling us today in verse 4, now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sikar, near the blood of, of the ground of Jacob. So he is coming. When you come 
to the church and listen to any sermon, or even to meet someone outside in the corridor. The Lord is inviting you are accepted. When we come and open our Bibles at home, or listen to a sermon, or whatever it is, He is knocking at the door of your heart, and He wants to meet you. If I'm coming this morning, and I feel I'm the most deserted person, is telling you that I'm coming this morning for you and for you personally. St. John Chrysostom says, Our wickedness shall not overpower the unspeakable goodness and mercy of God. So if I'm still thinking that I'm so bad, I cannot be accepted by anyone. Our wickedness shall not overpower the unspeakable goodness and mercy of God. Our dullness shall not overpower God's wisdom nor our infirmity God's omnipotence. He is here to show his power in your life. We know that he created the whole creation in six days and in the seventh day he rested. But now he wants to make a very personal, powerful act in my life and in your life. Thirdly, no one can be walking in his way of salvation without facing his sinful past. Yes, I'm here in the church Give me communion. Yes, you'll have communion. Are you going to face your reality and to repent? No, no, it's not now. I am not going to discuss it now because it's a big story. He wants to open up his big story. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter uh, 37, from verse 12 to 14, four times, he's saying, and I will open your graves. I will open your tombs. Why? And I will give you life. So he knows, he knows that there is death in my life, and he is the Lord of the resurrection. We cannot hide our death from him because it will remain there. So that's why no one can be walking his way of salvation without facing his sinful past. The whole discussion between the Lord and the Samaritan woman, water, give me water, you have nothing to draw with, in the end, give me this water. Then the Lord changed the whole subject. He told her, go call your husband, husband and come back why you are asking now about my husband because if you would like to have a new life if you would like to enjoy the living water you have to open your graves you have to put your side your past aside you have to face it yes you suffered for many years you find you you're finding the first second and fifth man in your life and no one was satisfying you and now you have the sixth one who is not your husband and not satisfying you are you going to continue in this way so he's asking me and you this morning face face your past face your sins and he is able to accept you is able to change your mind your heart and your future as well then he was telling us no one who faces his sinful past will be turned away by jesus Yes, many times we are afraid to go and confess our sins. Many times we feel that I cannot make it. I waited for years, but till now, I will do it very, at the very last moments in my life, as if we can control it. But he's telling us, I will never push you away by any means. He's welcoming us. He's waiting for us. We heard it last week that the, Lord, the father was waiting his son. He, know, he knew that he wondered his positions with the adulterers but still he is waiting for him no nothing can stop me from coming to him except my accepting the lies of the of the devil 
Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. The Bible told us that she left his jar and she went running into the city. Why? Because she found out that her real need was satisfied in the person of Christ. She was not looking for any water anymore. One more thing, no one who meets Jesus will ever be the same again. She will never go back to her last or previous life. The tradition in all churches called her in Greek, Futini. What does it mean? It's the enlightened. In Arabic even, we call her Munira. Why? Because she encountered something with the Lord, a personal encounter with the Lord. He wants every one of us this morning to go home as enlightened person. Why? Because I came to meet him. I didn't come to attend. A there is nothing called normal or common or regular liturgy. It's every time a new encounter with the Lord. Then Gregory of Nyssa says, For virtue is a light and buoyant thing, and all who live in her way fly like clouds. As Isaiah says, And as doves with their young ones, but sin is a heavy affair. As another of the prophets say, sitting upon a talent of lead. Yes, we are called to fly with the Lord, to put aside all earthly things that pushing us down. The one last thing is, no one has second-hand faith. What does it mean? The Samaritan woman went to the city and told them, I have met a man who told me everything in my life. Some believed because of what she said. And then they invited the Lord to stay a few days with them. And all of them told her in the end. So when the Samaritan woman came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Sometimes we are rejecting this idea, saying I'm a simple person. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to read spiritual books. I'm a simple believer. Those people telling us this is not right. You need to read for yourself. You need to encounter for yourself. Okay, I heard the story of Saint X or Y, and he encountered the Lord. He wants to encounter something in person with you. So it's time to know it is, there is no second-hand faith. There is no grandchildren. As one of the contemporary preachers said, God has children and has no grandchildren. He wants you to enjoy his fatherhood. Finally, St. John Chrysostom is encouraging us all. We are here for a real change, for a real transformation. How many of you say, I should like to see him face to face? his garments, his shoes. You do see him. You touch him. You eat him. He gives himself to you, not only that you may see him, but also to be your food and nourishment. He's telling us, if you feel that you are the most rejected person in the world, and you think that if you are living in his time, you will touch him and you'll have the change. Today, since young Christmas, it's much, much more than that. He is your food, he is your nourishment. He is ready to give his life to all of us for a real transformation and real encounter. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ.